We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Of course, I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports, and uh, actually, pretty good follow in at least my co-host guest, uh, Jake Latarski at Roto Jake. We've been getting a few Twitter questions, and I I like that. I want to encourage. I, I think we're going to try to answer a few today, but I want to get first to a Monday night recap. Unfortunately, the waiver wire portion of this podcast might be a little bit thinner than usual because, frankly. There wasn't a lot of guys that we really need to be picking mm-hmm. up or targeting. I think we've seen a lot more activity or guys yeah. that are interesting to note in the first three weeks, but through mm-hmm. week four, or at least this I hear week. You. Yeah, this is an, this is definitely isn't an empty your fab week. It's barely not even there's I don't see anybody that is worth spending a quarter of your fab on even. But there's still some names that we want to run down that are that are worth taking a look at and uh we'll have enough suggestions for you because of course bye weeks are starting up yes. this week you know i mean well, they started last up last too. week right. but this week we've got the lions and the dolphins another kind of a joke of a bye week but you might have some lions who have been you know decent fantasy assets so far so uh we'll hopefully help you out with that and definitely help you look ahead to uh the next couple weeks too hopefully let's get to the monday night game though first which was frankly stinker and i watched portions of the game while the scoring was going on and it was 
essentially a Mason Rudolph emergence. And mm-hmm. I put a question mark at the end of that because I don't know if you can really say 229 yards and two yeah. touchdowns was emergence. Uh, he threw it short so often that mm-hmm. I think it's tough to gauge what he really can be as a quarterback. Yeah, I, I, don't, I still don't see him as much of a fantasy quarterback, especially if he's going to be used in this manner. I mean, he needed 16, 17 completions off, off little dump offs before they could open up and find Deontay Johnson, which no surprise it's a, it's a blown coverage because he's not he hasn't thrown anything more than 15 yards down the field. Uh, so it does actually concern me a little bit about uh, the likes of Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, me too. Because, you know, they ran that they went ran that sweep play where they had, you know, the running back trailing the wide receiver, and Juju's like playing lead blocker. You don't want to see that out of your number one, your first-round fantasy pick for a lot of people and wide receivers. So that's unfortunate. Obviously, you can't really judge anybody's rankings out there for having him high because, the, you know, we expected a year with Ben Roethlisberger, no matter how many times he had to be in and out of the walking boot, we expected him on the field. Not going to be the case. I mean, Mason Rudolph graded out as the ninth highest uh, offensive passer this week, which surprises me um, a little bit. Um, but I, I just don't see much of a fantasy asset. I, I have him in one twelve team league, but he's going to be a guy that's on the chopping block when I find better streaming options moving forward. I'm surprised that we haven't seen Juju Smith-Schuster end up being similar to what Michael Thomas has been for the Saints with Bridgewater under center, where he's still Mm -hmm. getting nine or 10 catches per game and around 80 receiving yards. And yes, there's probably not going to be as much touchdown upside Mm -hmm. in the Saints offense, but I still would have thought he'd be more involved. And it's been a wasteland with Ben Roethlisberger out, and I am concerned about my Mm -hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster shares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then you look at the guys beyond that, Deontay Johnson, okay, James Washington, the guy that I know we both had high hopes for after the preseason, still not quite happening I just don't think they're going to throw the ball down or let him throw the ball downfield enough the big question is is whether this was a specific game plan for a trash Bengals team especially with one of the worst run defenses over the last two years I mean probably historically at this point or if this is going to be the norm from week to week now you know seeing a lot of wildcats and obviously a wildcat Mason Rudolph's a non-factor period um, of course this is excellent for James Conner uh, excellent for uh, Jalen Samuels who, who will be fantasy relevant as well so uh, there is some optimistic uh things to take away from the Steelers side. Not so much on the Bengals side, though. Yeah, you talked about a specific game plan for the Steelers, and I do think we saw something unique in the fact that Jalen Samuels was used frequently as a wildcat option, whether the running the ball, I think he had 10 carries for 26 yards. Uh, he did score a touchdown. He also added eight he catches some, for 57 yards. passing yards, yards in he there, too. He threw three times for 31 yards and mm-hmm. looked good doing it. I, I mean, I, it, those shovel passes technically count as completed yeah. passes, which is like a, it's like, a, it's almost a way to cheat legally in fantasy. If no, it doesn't feel right, but he's getting credit for it. If that's the Jalen Samuels, and I like that quite a bit because he was a unique um, prospect coming out of college. If that's the Samuels that we're going to get moving forward, if the Steelers are going to use more of this Wildcat frequently, I could see him being a very legitimate flex mm-hmm. option and something yeah. probably should be considering yeah. in most waiver wires. He's only 31% owned in Yahoo League, so he does meet our thresholds. I'm just going to say a word of caution. You know, I'm not entirely convinced that uh, this will be the game plan every week moving forward, and this is like a top three matchup in the league. You put the Bengals right there with the Dolphins in terms of uh, best defenses to play running backs against in the entire National Football League. So he did have ideal circumstances for this one. So that's the only word of caution. But you're right, he did he did give me some some things to look forward to. Um unlike the Bengals who were dreadful, unpredictable, unreliable. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my Tyler Boyd shares. I don't know how I'm gonna react to Auden Tate getting 91% of the snaps, It's that that was just a mess, Joe. Well, yeah, and John Ross also left the game with an injury, which, of course, is a bit of a hindrance for the Week 1 waiver wire pickup crew. Marquise Braun, Terry McLaurin, two of those three ended up being out or hurt at some portions of mm-hmm. uh, Week 4. So it's difficult. I'm not worried about Tyler Boyd necessarily, and I, I'm still not necessarily uh, – 
going out and selling low on Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. So those guys you have to be careful I, with. I needed 15 PPR points from Boyd. Yeah. I was I was so yeah. confident heading into the night, and then it was just like, nope, Andy Dalton's going to hold the ball and get sacked. Then and he's going to get was, sacked even after just a second of holding the ball. I, I was then he's going to get sacked again. Andy Dalton <laughs> to get me 10 points, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, Sure, I understand he sucks in prime time, but that Steelers passing defense has just been dreadful through the first three yeah. weeks. Well, he looked fantastic in week four, but he didn't get a chance to throw, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I it, gotcha. it was difficult. So it's interesting with John Ross. And I'm, I'm curious what your perspective would be on him if he ends up missing any time, or is Auden Tate somebody that you actually need to go out and inquire? Now, I mean, not after what I saw last night with that offensive line and that type of that, that whole situation there. It's a mess. Um, the, the guy who intrigues me still um, because he's managed to stay healthy this long is Tyler Eifert. He's someone maybe we can talk about or at least worth a mention in the tight ends. But uh, he's getting targeted. He did drop that uh, that that pass, I believe, in the red zone. Or he had a chance to score that he missed, I believe. Yeah, first uh, quarter. It was a yeah, second drive. Early, yeah, early on in the game. Um, had a chance to score that he missed. He's going to be a very intriguing um, you know, I, the DFS Twitter was in full force last oh, sure. night because they're like, man, if uh, if if Eifert would have caught that touchdown, he'd have been you know eighty percent owned next week in DFS because he's got the Cardinals who have been dreadful against opposing tight ends. I don't know if I'm going to fade that chalk or not, given how bad Dalton looked, but uh, it's definitely going to be an intriguing and a budget option, especially considering he didn't have that great of a game on Monday night. Well, let's get to that question because I think that's probably one of the primary uh, pickups right now is targeting the tight end position against the Cardinals. And I, and I understand where the skepticism lies with Tyler Everett. I get mm-hmm. it. I, I completely get it. The yeah. injury concerns are there. Mm-hmm. The Bengals passing attack, we just talked about it two minutes ago, how they look dreadful. But he's probably worth picking up in this match in particular. Mm-hmm. There's maybe eight tight ends that you can feel comfortable starting each and every week, right? Like Kelsey, mm-hmm. Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram. I, is Disley in that conversation? I think he's starting I, to sneak I, into that conversation. I think he is too. Greg Olson, while mm-hmm. he had a bad week this week, is probably in that conversation for I mean, me. Isn't Austin Hooper and like Hooper, the number three scoring tight end? That's yeah. the other one. Right. So you have maybe Did eight. Did you say Mark Andrews? Oh, yeah. Mark Andrews. No, you, you got me on that one. Uh, Mark Andrews should be in that conversation as well. So nine. So then it's Delaney Walker and the O.J. Howards and Hawkinson who nearly died. Uh, and I shouldn't joke about that, but it was a horrendous hit that he did the hurdle um, over the, the Chiefs guy and then fell down awkwardly. That's that's the conversation that we're talking about. So if you don't have any one of those nine tight ends, I think Eifert probably fits in that discussion. Like Stakely, we talk about all the time. I'm in a few other deeper leagues or 12 or 14 teams. I'm absolutely picking up Eifert if I have a chance. I'm not going to waste a significant, uh, significant part of my fab budget on him. But yeah, I want to take advantage of that Cardinals matchup, which has just been dreadful against the tight ends mm-hmm. every single week. It feels like year after year. Yeah, well, yeah. Over and, there's always a team like that that seems to identify themselves. And you're right; it has been the Cardinals for the last couple weeks. And yeah, you're going to eat that chalk in DFS, and you're going to stream that in your season long leagues, and uh, and and hope for the best. And I think Eifert's going to be an ideal target next week. I did want to focus on Deontay Johnson. I think he's probably my number one waiver wire pickup right now. Six mm-hmm. uh, six receptions for 77 yards and a score, of course. You put him over Geronimo Allison? Oh, we have a whole section we're, to talk we're, about. We're going to get into that. I, I thought, at least while we're still in the Monday night game, I did mm-hmm. want to highlight that I, I feel more comfortable with him than many of the other receivers or running backs available this week in, in free agency. And maybe the, the Ronald Jones, who are close to that 50% threshold that we try to work with, would be someone to take him over. But mm-hmm. again, there's going to there's gonna have to be somebody that does well for the, the Steelers passing attack. And you'd imagine it would be Juju Smith-Schuster. We haven't seen that now for, it feels like, two weeks. And maybe he's got a repertoire repertoire being, uh, with Mason Rudolph that this is a situation where it could actually be fantasy productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Um, without that big score, though, it's kind of a doubt of a fantasy night, and it's not all that different from what James Washington did. So 
again, it's a word of caution there. There are a couple it's guys. A Forty-three yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a forty-three yard touchdown on a on pretty a blown coverage. Right, right, yeah, right. He, I mean, there was nobody around him, so um, you can't necessarily count on that every week. And that's my only cause for concern. I want to touch on a Twitter question before we really dive into a few of the Fab available players uh, or free agent addition guys, auction guys. I always get caught saying Fab um, <laughs> before we we really dive into that. It was a fancy question uh, on Twitter from Cole Levy. And he said, I have a struggling team right now, and about the best thing I have going for me is Patrick Mahomes. What should be the asking price for Mahomes if I decide to go that way? And I thought it was an interesting one because I have a few mm-hmm. leagues where I am 1-3 or 0-4. While I don't have Mahomes specifically, the idea of trying to sell one of your best players to get a more well-rounded roster is still possible. 0-4, it's unlikely that you're making the playoffs, but you still have a chance. This next week, if you go mm-hmm. 0-5 or you know 1-5 or 1-4, something like that, that's, that's tough to come back from. Mm-hmm. But you have an opportunity here to capitalize on Mahomes or whatever other high asset you have. In my case, I think it's yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm mm-hmm. curious here on your perspective what you'd be doing to yeah. sell that. All right, so let me preface this that I normally, when I look at tw- uh, trade questions on Twitter, I, my general first gut instinct is whoever gets the best player wins the trade. That's yes. generally how I lean, and that's how our ask- an expert team leans, and I'm, I think most guys lean that way. Um, but there are situations in which uh, you want you want to make two-for-ones. And this would be one of those cases here where uh, you take w- one player that's going good for you, um, you can stream quarterbacks. There's usually enough to do that and grab two skill positions to go for that. So the asking price in a one for one for Mahomes, I mean, I mean, you're looking at almost like a Le'Veon Bell, Julio Jones range. I mean, David Johnson may be on the low end of that, but I'd be trying to go for two for one. So maybe see if you can get, I don't know, so let's say um, Melvin Gordon plus Brandon Cooks, something like that, or say Chris Godwin and Derrick Henry. That might be on the higher end of that. I mean, those are two solid assets there. Maybe try for, uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill's looking like he's going to come back a little bit earlier. So maybe try uh, to get the other side of that Chiefs equation and do like a Tyreek Hill, Mark Ingram combo. You should be looking for two for ones. It's going to be really hard to get that from a quarterback though it just depends on the owners in your league i mean you're going to know better than than me how much they're willing to pay for a quarterback but when you have a quarterback that's just a league in a league of his own um maybe you can actually get something for him normally it's tough to trade quarterbacks yeah it's an interesting question because you sound significantly higher on Mahomes' value than I do, and mm-hmm. I understand all the injuries at quarterback, and we'll talk about Mitchell mm-hmm. Trubisky as well, who went down for what appears to be a multi-week absence. That this is the quarterback position has actually been pretty pretty trifled through at this point, and having a guy like Mahomes is a significant advantage each and every week. I totally understand that, but when your team is struggling. Do you really want to have the significant advantage at quarterback where you could probably find somebody off a waiver wire and kind of stream week to week? Or do you want to get a running back or wide receiver that makes more sense? So I would rather sell Mahomes for, again, let's go one for one here before we talk about the two for two for one situations. One of the top 20 running backs, like I would do David Montgomery over like for Patrick Mahomes. I'll take David Montgomery, who's got, Gross. I, I think, better Mahomes matchups coming up. This 100%. No, no, no. I understand okay, that. I, okay, we're just going to, we'll, we'll play the game. All right. So you. Montgomery, I would go with maybe a guy like Todd Gurley, who I think, of course, scored two touchdowns, but has been difficult throughout the first three weeks. Maybe you could find an owner that is willing to sell Gurley at this point, and I'd be more comfortable getting Gurley at that side. So any of those top 20 running back options, I feel better about. Not mm-hmm. Sony Michelle, not Miles Sanders. That's too low. So like I'm trying to draw a line so, at the so, running back spot. The line for me is Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, Melvin Gordon, probably. Those and are I like have the- no no reason why the running back owner in those situations would be trading Mahomes in that sense. Like I just yeah. that that mm-hmm. that one feels way too off for me. So I'm trying to get a little bit more realistic with the Montgomery situation. I gotcha, I gotcha. And and let's go to receiver. So maybe a Sterling Shepard in a PPR league or 
I don't know, like Kenny Galladay, certainly in a bye week this week, so you could actually take advantage of that. That's the range where I would go with Mahomes if I'm going one for one, and I, I get it. As the Mahomes owner or as the person getting Mahomes? I, I feel like the Mahomes owner would be comfortable getting a Kenny Galladay or a David Montgomery options moving forward. Yeah, I just don't know if that's enough to make it worth it, to, to give up that advantage. And and sure, you could toss in the, the waiver wire week one guys like mm-hmm. the John Rosses, Marquise yeah. Brown, or Terry McLaurin to even out in the two-for-one swaps. Or yeah. a tight end, right? You could maybe you had to well, Dale. I have a lot mm-hmm. of Mark Andrews and George Kittle. I'd mm-hmm. love to move one of those guys in gotcha, relation gotcha. to that. But yeah, I've got some, uh, I've got a Kelsey and uh, Mark Andrews in the same league, and I'm yes. thinking, ooh, I might be able to do something right. with this. Right, but th- that's where you can couple those types of players. Or mm-hmm. DJ Chark, who I think is quite frankly emerged as mm-hmm. the number one receiver for the Jaguars. Well, hey, you could partner him with somebody else and, and make it work a little well, more Let's put it this way. If you were to redraft today, what's the earliest you would be comfortable taking Mahomes? Let's just say full PPR for argument. It's gonna If it's a four-touchdown league, which most points people— points for touchdowns, right, yep. If everyone's Everything playing else that, standard. I think I'm still taking him rounds four or five, and he's going much earlier. Yeah, you're not going to get that. Right, exactly. But you look at— So so I value him a little bit more than you do is is how we're establishing him, and and I'm looking for a higher asking price that I'm probably not going to get, and you're looking for something more realistic where you have a chance to get, but I just don't think that— it would be worth it. So that's if you're, if you're like, is. if you are like our our Twitter question, Cole Levi, and ask, and his team is bad, right? He's admit, acknowledging that mm-hmm. other than Mahomes, his team is struggling. Wouldn't you want to move him for that sense? Because you're not winning with Mahomes anyway. Let's see if I can get a running back and receiver or a pretty darn good running back and just hope I can stream week to week at quarterback. Yeah, I just don't think that a Kenny Galladay or a David Montgomery. I like those types of players that you're going after because they're the guys that have potential to see their value rise. I mean, Galladay had a great game last week. Montgomery is one that could see his value rise quite a bit. So, But I'd still be trying to shoot for a two for one because I just don't think it helps your team enough. You know, you're getting a you're you're losing a 10 point per week advantage at quarterback while you're gaining maybe a five six point per week advantage at running back and and i just that doesn't add up for me and this is maybe going back to if you the user of the mahomes situation can correctly identify which quarterback goes off each and every week i feel very comfortable my projections in the quarterbacks in that Mm -hmm. 10 to 20 range so i think of it like and you you correctly identify that mahomes has a 10 point advantage over every quarterback fine sure Mm -hmm. but i think the quarterback that i can pick up off the waiver where he gets me three to four more points uh, on average as to whatever else you're going for and the spot that you're getting the Galladay's or David Montgomery's also gives me a five to six point advantage so it balances up and that's where I'm looking at right so and then I'm also getting maybe a two for one in addition to that that's how I'm trying to identify a situation like this where if my team struggles besides Mahomes what is a realistic asking price that both people be comfortable saying yes to mm-hmm. okay yeah I understand where you're going with that uh, I think you and I would have a difficult time agreeing on any trade centered on Mahomes. I think that's what we can take from this. Sure. And I I, I love the question overall because it is a head scratcher mm-hmm. and it's not just an obvious yes or no, or do I do this trades? Although keep, keep sending them my way. I love doing those as well mm-hmm. because I feel smart when I get them right. Uh, but in this, in this situation, I thought it was a really interesting one. So we're going to dive more to the, the actual free agent edition part of this podcast. But first I want to get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo daily fantasy football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo cup on daily fantasy and they're all money. That's right. Yahoo cup is free to enter. And it's a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy or as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18, a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. uh, Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from the game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at Yahoo Daily slash Daily Fantasy. All right, so just a quick refresher while we're going through this. Uh, Again, our recommendations are trying to target players 
under 50% owned on, of course, our sponsor show, Yahoo. So uh, we're trying to budget at least around $100 for the waiver wire fab portion of it. And again, we're trying to highlight some people that might not mm-hmm. be owned in most leagues. So uh, we have to uh, highlight the bye weeks, Lions this week, Dolphins this week. So Lions actually kind of relevant. I have a lot of carry-on Johnson shares that I'm scrambling to figure out what to do with. Kenny Galladay as well and Marvin Jones. Maybe if you have Matthew Stafford, which looked pretty darn good against the Chiefs last week, mm-hmm. there's some questions at the quarterback position. The Dolphins, uh, Preston Williams, that's probably about it. You're not really worried about any Dolphins being <laughs> I mean, a bye. I've got Devontae Parker on my 14-team stake league bench, and I couldn't quite pull the trigger on cutting him for Dontrell and Mon when I thought about it this week. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's where we're at with This the is Dolphins. actually probably more relevant um, situation for Survivor Leagues because I was trying to debate as to who I want to actually play this week. Oh, boy, yeah. That, that was interesting. So we'll get to the quarterbacks. We highlight Daniel Jones last week. Of course, he had a fantastic game against the Buccaneers. You would have thought the same would have occurred against the Redskins, but then the game yeah. script got way out of hand, and yeah, he also threw two interceptions. Yeah, that was pretty – I mean, like we were saying before the show, he threw two picks, and he could have easily thrown four picks, I think, in that game. So there's that situation. And then, of course, I mean, I mean they just went ahead because exactly. the Redskins – such. They're even more like oh yeah. Keenum comes out. We're going to start him. Stinks again. Turns the ball over. Well, let's throw Haskins in, right? You know, not even. I've seen this argument so many times. If you're going to play Haskins, make him the starter of the week in practice. Get him involved in the game plan. True. Don't just throw him in there in the middle of nowhere because you're not setting him up to succeed. And I, I agree with that opinion. That it just the game got really messy and out of hands. I still think Daniel Jones will be a top twenty guy for the rest of the season, but that's not that bold. I was buying Dwayne Haskins playing against the Giants, regardless if he's starting or just playing, because this should be a good matchup. Well, I don't know what you do now with the Redskins facing the Patriots this week. Like, that's that's a really difficult... I think they face the Patriots. I think the Patriots are the only team that hasn't allowed a passing touchdown all year. Right, right, exactly. So it's like, oh my God, okay, mm-hmm. so now... So you'd probably be better off starting Taysom put, Hill if you're in a two-quarterback league than anything Washington's exactly. got to offer. Yeah, right, so then why did you have him in the in the begin <laughs> with? But yeah, Keenum looked that bad that you had to throw mm-hmm. your rookie quarterback in who then throws three interceptions. It's difficult. Anyway... This all to say, I'm not starting Dwayne Haskins or Case Keenum against the Patriots this week. Two streaming options I think we probably could highlight. One, I feel comfortable suggesting. The other, mm-hmm. it's very, very lukewarm. Yeah, for, for, for the record, uh, I wrote down number two before I watched the Monday night game. So um, we can, <laughs> well, we can even hinted. forget I, about I was, that. I was yeah. trying to tease it, and you're, you're already <laughs> suggesting Andy Dalton. Yeah. Very questionable. Let's go mm-hmm. to Jacoby Brissett. Though. Yeah, though, 35% owned, 36% owned in Yahoo Leagues right now as I look. He's got the Chiefs this week. He's already the number 12 quarter scoring quarterback in all of fantasy here. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that start him over this week. He might even be a top 10 guy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm concerned. I'd feel less concerned if I knew that um, T.Y. Hilton's back for certain. I don't think we know mm-hmm. that quite the case. But, of course, the Colts got upset by the Raiders this week. Brissett had to throw significantly more than you probably planned to. Mm-hmm. 46 attempts. He was only he was 24 or 46, yep. so a little over 50%. Mm-hmm. 265 I mean, yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, you can expect that kind of catch-up to play against Kansas City, too. The only uh, the only thing is if it gets like, what if the game, what if they go down by four scores, five scores, then what happens, you know? But again, why not? Get him as many reps as possible. Get him thrown to these guys. Uh, we'll see what happens with T.Y. Hilton. He missed a fifth game of his career. It's a quad injury, something you're going to have to um, – watch the practice report for this week obviously Brissett's value I'd feel more you're right I'd feel more comfortable with him with T.Y. Hilton out there I mean Marlon Mack also was dealing with an ankle injury yes um, and that one I think is actually more compelling and we'll talk about the running back situation overall gotcha. Colts have a bye week next week mm-hmm. wouldn't it make sense 
to maybe rest. I don't know about T.Y. Hilton because he already missed last week, but certainly a guy like Marlon Mack. I definitely didn't think of it from that angle. Right. I've got such exactly. a problem in Stake League. I've got Marlon Mack and Devontae Adams. Ugh, uh, I, yeah. I, I'm going to break a three-year eating streak there. That's unfortunate. So this situation where maybe they end, up, uh, they end up waiting on Marlon Mack this week and a Jordan Wilkins comes in. Anyway, you would imagine the Colts winning this game would rely on their running game. We didn't necessarily see that with the Lions last week, though. They were actually able to move the ball effectively, passing the ball, and in short intermediate routes as well, and kind of moving up and down the field. Of course, turnovers, I think it felt like there's 13 different fumbles in there. I know Chris and Jeff highlighted the, the turnover-prone fumbling game on the Monday edition of the podcast, so I won't go into too much more detail. Some fluky things had to happen for the Lions to stay close, but the Chiefs also had a fumble return for a touchdown that kind of ended up being the difference in the game. All this to say... I don't think we can just assume that Jordan Wilkins or Marlon Mack are going to get the primary bulk of the carries to try to keep this game close. I think there is going to be a lot of passing involved, and I think as a result, Brissett does make sense as a top-12 yeah. quarterback, if nothing 35 else. attempts easily, probably a yeah. lot more. So yeah. I mean, you look at the Falcons game, uh, he threw 37 times, and they ended up winning that game. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a situation where, again, he's going to be He's going to be a quarterback one now at yep. the very bottom, but he's going to be a quarterback one for most teams. I'm mentally committing to using him in DFS like right now. My only problem is who the heck do I stack him with? Because the Colts had four receivers above 62% of the snaps, but Deion Kane was the leader with 73.1% of the snaps. So it's a really messy distribution. This might be one of those weird situations where you could use the quarterback, but I don't know if there's anybody that actually go and target from his receiving core unless I knew for certain that Ooh, T.Y. Hilton's so out ugly. there. That's so ugly. I, I don't know. know if I can do that. I know. And, well, I mean, you could go even uglier and consider Andy Dalton, who's going against the Cardinals <laughs> secondary, which has been dreadful, and we knew it was going to be dreadful and is mm-hmm. going to continue to be dreadful. I think Patrick Peterson comes back this week from suspension. This is week five. He was on a four-game suspension. Regardless, though, this is, it's, it's possible that if John Ross ends up playing— could be another junk time production opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think the Bengals are favored by three and a half points. Let's just say I was laying a lot of money on the Cardinals to outright win this game. I think it's That'll possible that could happen. But of course, both are winless teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is this is a purely matchup thing for me when I jotted this down. And again, uh, you know, not to back out of it too much, but I did kind of write this down before I watched Andy Dalton get sacked eight times and this offense just looked completely hapless. Nonetheless, um, the Cardinals are third in the league, giving up 28.2 standard fantasy points per game to th- opposing quarterbacks. In four games, uh, ten they've allowed 10 passing touchdowns, uh, one of only three teams in double digits. Of course, the Dolphins lead the way there with 12. Um, the Cardinals have yet to intercept an opposing quarterback. Uh, they're one of the few teams... Um, one of two teams on this list that have not done that yet. Um, and they've given up 148 rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. Some of that's matchup at this point, but uh, that is, that is number one as well. Not like Dalton's going to do anything with his legs, but if anything's going to make me somewhat possibility here, or, you know, somewhat optimistic about his possibility, screen passes count as touchdown passes. (laughs) Joe Mixon's the best player on that offense. The Cardinals are bad and Dalton's going to run a lot of plays. I can see him running at least two, three more drives than they did on Monday night. Um, you know, 20 points for Dalton, even after the horrific showing last week. And might the Cardinals be okay. are running a lot of plays, too. Just like mm-hmm. that situation with Kyle Allen, how he threw for four touchdowns against the Cardinals, mm-hmm. or yeah, against the Cardinals sec- secondary. The same thing could apply where just both teams are running so many different plays. Patrick Peterson is going to be still, he's got a six-game suspension. I was confusing his suspension with every other four-game suspension out there. We're going to talk about Chris Herndon and Golden yep. Tate. I just assume yeah, he's among guys, that category. we got some guys getting let loose this week, and that's what's <laughs> Ben Watson, it. too. Yep. It's the Ben Watson Ooh, return. Baby. Yes. Uh, so Patrick Peterson's still going to be out. I don't mind that one. I think if you are desperate and certainly in a, a super flex league, it makes more sense. Uh, I have one league where Cam Newton's out. I started, I started Andy Dalton this week. That was 
horrible. I'm going to make the same mistake again because I hate myself, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it makes some sense as a top 16, top 18 option. Mm-hmm. There is the Matt Barkley, uh, Chase Daniels possibility. Josh Allen left the week four loss against the Patriots with the concussion. He looked awful. Yeah. Barkley looked only a little bit better. Yeah. And then Chase Daniels subbing in for Mitch Trubisky, who I guess is ruled doubtful right now. Mm-hmm. He has a dislocated left shoulder. I guess his left shoulder. It's not his third London shoulder. London game. London game, I believe. Yeah. So. This, I mean, there's no way he's playing. There's yeah. no way Yeah, I doubt playing. that. Yeah. Apparently, he's still going to travel to London, which seems like a weird idea to me. But anyway, um, I actually, now, my mind, one thing that's my mind has changed on in the last 24 hours uh, is I'd probably put Chase Daniel ahead. Oh God! Do I put him ahead of Andy Dalton on the on the quarterback rankings? He does draw the Raiders, who are you know bottom ten in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Or, or yeah, geez. Um, so total fantasy points allowed points per game. I should sort this by here. Um, but yeah, the Raiders bottom ten, nine touchdowns allowed, eleven hundred fifty yards in four games. So uh, they've been consistently bad against opposing quarterbacks as well. So uh, Chase, they've Daniel, never played a quarterback as bad as what the Bears' offense, whether it be mm-hmm. Trubisky or Daniel, is putting out. Hey, 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 no, no. Pro Football Focus rated Chase Daniels oh, the number two, the Great. number two passing quarterback this this past he week. He threw here. 30 times and had less than 200 passing yards. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to be excited about that offense? That I mean, offense is dreadful. You can be more excited about him than Andy Dalton. That's all I'm getting No, nope, I'm going to be more excited about Dalton. You can't make me. You can't make me. I need all the right. red rifle in my life. All right. Okay, I'll give you that. All right. I, I, I don't know, man. Chase, who knows, man? He, man- he manages the game well, and that's all the Bears are going to ask. With I that, think Chase Daniel is defense. better than Mitchell Trubisky, and I know that really hurts your soul because you were saying I don't, I don't actually that, believe that, but <laughs> I know I'm I'm not even just saying that just to trigger you. I, I do, do you think he can win Daniel. the job? Can you, can you go out and win the game, win the job? I think the Bears are going to take never it do that. real never slow do that. with Trubisky. Oh, oh man, his left shoulder just after seven weeks, it's still mm-hmm. not right. He's they haven't put it back in place yet. Oh, and they'll be like, Uh-oh. okay, mm-hmm. guess we have to have Chase Daniel again. He's going to end up winning more games than Trubisky, I think, as a mm-hmm. starting quarterback. All right, so when we got to rank these guys, when it's all said and done top three pickups <laughs> yeah no i'm, you're, I'm, you're I'm not just playing along with me I, like, I, like i'm done with this here all right number one jacoby Brissett. number two chase daniels number three andy dalton but you flip-flop your two and three yes Brissett, dalton daniel i'm not i'm ignoring uh barkley and haskins completely mm-hmm. now marcus Mariota is the 11th ranked quarterback and he's Against only owned in 11 percent of leagues yeah i'm just i'm just throwing that out there 11 11 percent of leagues for Mariota. um we'll talk about gardner Minshew still only to. owned in 15 percent of leagues you know, so throw, throw some the, guys out there. Who does Jackson face again? Uh, they're at Carolina. Yeah, that's a little bit interesting. I saw Quan mm-hmm. Short just got placed on injured reserve. That's an interior pass rusher for the Panthers that could affect things. I like Gardner Minshew. Uh, he helped me win a little bit of money against the Broncos this week. I don't know if I'm going to take him over Andy Dalton, though, and I know that's really mm-hmm. embarrassing to say, but I think I'd rather have Andy. Yeah, do you, do you put him ahead of Chase Daniel in London against no. the Raiders? No, I, no. those London yeah. games are so fluky. I, I don't want anything to do mm-hmm. with any of that. I'll yeah. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get a team that explodes or you just get you just get junk. Yeah, unless I, you're, I'm thinking this one's going to be more along the lines of junk. Jacksonville gets the home game and basically it feels like at London every week and the, or every time they go play, and that's a different mm-hmm. scenario. But every other team. Yeah. Now, if the Jags were in London, then yes. I'd be all over yes. Gardner. Gardner Mitch. That's the Gardner yeah, Minshew exactly. mania yeah, all that's over. That's the four touchdown sure. game. But okay. <laughs> all right. So we hopefully we've given you guys a decent set of streaming quarterbacks if you had been relying on 
Oh, geez. You're not relying yeah, on anybody I, on I hope. I wish we could say the same thing about the running back position, but this is going to be a little bit dreadful. We're going to get to the running backs, though, afterward from our sponsors, Fantasy Draft. Fantasy Draft is the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, and it's bringing the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooter main event, and, a, of course, a $100,000 first First place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 5. That's right. Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time. It's not just for limited uh, time promotions either. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fees, the days of ten or days of paying 10 12 or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer really pay, uh, lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Just sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code RotoWire and you'll get a free seven day trial on your first $1,000 of rake free entry fees. That's fantasydraft.com. Promo code RotoWire. Don't miss your shot at millions of rake free dollars in contests this season. Of course, to start playing at Fantasy Draft today, your bankroll is going to love it. So we highlighted Wayne Gallman and Daryl Williams last week. Wayne Gallman looks great. Now, if you want, if there was a desperate Saquon Barkley owner that you could sell Gallman high on, fantastic. I think the Giants' schedule is a little bit difficult moving forward, and that was some of the mm-hmm. stuff we talked about Yeah, that last schedule doesn't podcast. get better until weeks 14, 15, 16, then playoffs, then it's super exactly. juicy. But exactly. until then, they got a little bit of a tough patch coming up. Daryl Williams, though, is a little bit interesting. I don't know how much you watched that Chiefs-Lions game. I was mm-hmm. all in on that one. And, of course, they were running almost exclusively when they got to the red zone. But the Chiefs off offense is going to get to the red zone often Mm -hmm. it wasn't McCoy that was getting those goal line carries it was Daryl Williams and that so long as Damian Williams is out Mm -hmm. this is interesting that and I saw I saw a tweet I don't have it in front of me I didn't mark it down this time but over the last it's two or maybe three games and they compared the number of routes ran for McCoy and Williams I'm pretty sure it was in the in the uh in the period in which Damian Williams was done Daryl Williams actually ran eight more routes yes than McCoy so yeah, Daryl Williams, 52% owned. He's worth a look. I mean, if you're in a league with people that are on the ball, chances are he's been picked up. Otherwise, um, let's go for uh, let's go for it. Go for it. Yeah, Put I, a, bid, a bid down. He's your top target, just, possibly. Just keep track of what Damian Williams' status is, though, because I do mm-hmm. think when Damian Williams comes back, all three are going to make it to the point where it's tough to rely on them. But they're getting to the red zone so often that I wonder if Daryl Williams isn't more mm-hmm. relevant. I think the biggest running back option, though, has to be Ronald Jones, and I say this as a guy that mm-hmm. of the 13 leagues that I had, Ronald Jones was the highest-owned player on my team. I have been living this life. Yes. It's not a fun life to live, figuring out which Buccaneers backfield mm-hmm. option is going to work each and every week. He sure looked darn good, though, in the Buccaneers' mm-hmm. upset win over the Rams where they scored 55 yeah. points. I mean, outside of that week two dud, he's had double-digit PPR weeks in, in the other three weeks. And he hasn't been catching passes, so it's mm-hmm. not like he's that big of a PPR guy. And the other thing is, I caught as much of this game as I could on Sunday, and he had two pretty big chunk plays taken back due yes. to penalty. So this game could have looked a whole lot better. I think I think maybe, just maybe, Bruce Arians might finally be realizing who is better running back. You would is. think, but then he came out almost directly after the win and said, no, Peyton Barber is still going to be our starter. Now, <laughs> he, he didn't put it in quotes as much as he could via his voice, but I feel like this is our job to decide how much of starter Peyton Barber really is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm I'm less concerned about it than I was in week two. I'm still frustrated with this backfield mm-hmm. situation. And yeah, under 50% owned, Ronald Jones is currently at 44% Yahoo leagues. He needs to be up to about 60 or 70%. Would I start him though? I hope you don't have to have the option, or you know, you, I hope you don't have to do it. I've had to do it now in a, a lot of different. I don't weeks. mind him as a flex start in PPRs this week and moving forward. Uh, I think if you're if you're starting three receivers, two running backs, and he's your flex guy, he's your next best best option as bye weeks start. I think that's the perfect spot for him because again, 
you, I mean, there's a possibility of a ceiling game sneaking in there. Yeah. But I think, you know, you throw that floor game week two out, um, the rest of the games have been very serviceable, you know, and there's there's definitely a spot, even if you play second fiddle to Barber, where having a PPR guy for 8 to 12 points is, is absolutely worth it. So with your fab budget, again, we let's say we have $100, how much are you putting down on Ronald Jones? Because other than Wayne Goldman, at least to this point, from the running back position, we haven't seen a guy that could theoretically go off – Mm-hmm. in a given week to the point that we have with Ronald Jones right now? See, it's very situational for me because I have him in one league, but I haven't been forced to start him, and he's owned in all my other leagues. I'm jealous. So I, I, I don't get to uh, – I, I know I don't get to uh, make this decision, but I could conceivably – uh, in a week where I think a lot of people are going to start to fall asleep on Fab, you know, you start to get those owners that are one yep. and three, maybe kicking back. I think you can get away with a twenty-seven dollar bid. Oh, see, I was going to go lower than that. I'm, I'm thinking specifically ten team leagues because any twelve and fourteen team leagues out there, he he's likely gone. to be a roster, right? Mm-hmm. So, in a ten or eighteen team league, or eight, not eighteen, an eight or ten team league, I don't think I'm going higher than ten or twelve. So maybe ten percent of my budget, and that's only, fair, only because. Uh, I feel like there's got to be better options out there each and every week. And yeah, as the bye weeks go on, maybe Ronald Jones becomes more lucrative. But I'm just a little bit concerned and hesitant. And in in those shallow of leagues, I sure hope you don't have to use a Ronald Jones. Again, as somebody that's been living this life now for most of my leagues, it's not a pleasant one. It's, It's very rocky, and I've gotten it wrong, what, we're in four weeks, three of the times now? It's just been frustrating. Yeah, I, who knows? Uh, the guy that I like more, though, is Jordan Wilkins. Again, Marlon Mack um, left last or left, left Sunday's game with an injury. Uh, Colts have a bye week next week. It would make some sense if they used a guy like Jordan Wilkins instead and just have ba- uh, Mack inactive. And, of course, Naeem Himes also probably benefits. But I think people are like, oh, Hines to look great in the playoffs, whatever else. Wilkins is the guy that gets the ball carrier options, and they aren't throwing yeah. the running backs as much. Yeah, we need to think about it this way. I'm running through the last uh, uh, the last update we had, which details that Mac only saw 28 of 78 snaps. Um, but it, the, the whole point of our, our last update on him is that the injury isn't overly serious and that they're trying to say that instead he just gave way to Naheem Hines, who the Colts turned to in hurry-up mode. Um, and that's that seems to be the explanation there, um, that he was not medically ruled out of the contest. Uh, I don't know how much of that I'm going to buy, but either way you cut it, it's not good. Either he's injured or he's not their late game back when they're down in the game. And then that... You know, on on a Colts team, I see whose ceiling is eight and eight. That's you know eight games with positive game script for him, and that's not necessarily a good thing for me. I get it. Six catches, thirty nine yards, all six of his targets. It's just a little bit concerning to me that you've seen um, Naheem Hines have seventeen, fourteen, eighteen snaps before this, and then explodes for thirty five this mm-hmm. week, as opposed to Wilkins who had sixteen. Yeah. Again, if you're considering how the Colts are going to win this game. It's likely not going to be based off of Naheem Hines seeing 40-plus mm-hmm. snaps, right? You're going to imagine a Jordan Wilkins or Marlon Mack, if he's healthy, is out there for the majority of the I time. Gotcha. I, so I, I think it's more of Wilkins that's probably more relevant than Hines, but I understand where you're getting, oh, yeah, PPR upside. The Colts are going to be down significantly. They're going to have to pass the ball a lot, maybe, and we did see mm-hmm. that last week. I just wonder if it's more of a Wilkins kind of game. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, but they have to keep it close for me. And yes, that's how it does this. So, that's true. so let's kind of sum up these running backs. You know, Hines is only nineteen percent. Uh, Wilkins, it looks like nineteen percent as well. So you can probably take your pick if, assuming Daryl Williams and Ronald Jones are already on teams, we got to go to these Colts guys. Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm bidding on either Hines or Wilkins uh, in a ten team league, twelve team or fourteen. Mm-hmm. I get it, and I think Wilkins will be available. I'm sure Hines is as well. So mm-hmm. in more of the you deeper can get away leagues, with lo- with low bids. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Any interest in Dexter Williams from the Packers after Jamal Williams just got smashed on that dirty hit Thursday night? Yeah, I was at that game, um, and I'm really frustrated with how Lambeau ends up talking about injuries. I had no idea Devontae Adams was out until two series after. I had no idea about the tackles either. Bakhtiari, Bulaga, I had no clue that they were out. Mm -hmm. So you had to be, like, paying attention to that, and it it was frustrating. No, I'm not—I'll just say I'm not interested in Dexter Williams at all. Um, I understand what Jamal has done, but I think Dexter is a completely different player than what they want Jamal to do. So I'm completely out on that. I did want to mention two guys that I'm cutting. We talked about Adrian Peterson, though, for sure. I I, I get it. He's going to have a nice matchup next week against the Dolphins. I'm not saving Adrian Peterson for that point, though. Even in 12 or 14 mm-hmm. team leagues, forget it. If somebody else picks maybe, him up and does well, I Maybe you don't have to cut him and can use him as just like a small kicker in a trade. Like you got a one-for-one yeah. one set up and the other guy's wavering. Be like, hey, I'll give you Adrian Peterson, too. He plays the Dolphins in a couple weeks. And then might be, ooh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that trade now. Fine. I, I just like I get it. I know that the Dolphins suck. I know the Redskins also suck. And I just am not ready to say, oh, I'm going to get a guy that's a really bad offense. This is the same reason I don't want Kenny Drake or Kalen Balage. Like, those running backs are awful, and this team is awful in the Redskins. So uh, Daryl Henderson, too. I, I've heard Chris Liss and Jeff Erickson talk about how in deep leagues they want to keep Henderson. I have a lot of Henderson shares. I'm done. Like, yeah, there's no 14, reason 16. in a 12 team, not in a, not in a 14. A 16 I could see if your de- bench is deep enough. But like who would have thought we'd have been having this oh, conversation with like a six-round ADP guy? Or yeah, the or... NFFC leagues, I think I have a few Hendersons left. If I can cut him for a realistic option, I have been. Like that's that's the point mm-hmm. where I'm at. So no no for me on Daryl Henderson even in super deep formats. We're gonna get to the receivers and other pass catchers, but I wanted to get a word from our, our sponsor, Side Boss. Week four of the NFL season is already done. Now we have week five, and lucky for us, Side Boss has got you covered. If you missed entering the Side Boss Pro Pick'em contest, it's not too late to join week five and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our pro pick'em contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week. Cardinals, I'm telling you guys, Cyboss is offering a uh, prop contest for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Cyboss weekly or daily free-to-play games and get all the picks correct and boom, win some cash and entry into the Cyboss $150,000 NFL ATS contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com and use uh, promo code RotoWire. That's contest.sideboss.com. Again, promo code RotoWire. So the receivers we talked about. Philip Dorsett, Deontay Johnson, Zach Pascal, Preston Williams, for the most part, did okay. Philip Dorsett was a little bit disappointing with Julian Edelman play, but the Bills' defense overall shut down the Patriots' passing attack, and it was mainly a James White contest. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, we talked about at the top of the broadcast here. Uh, it might be Preston Williams that would be the the best of that option, but again, Dolphins bye week. So yeah. we're moving over to the Golden Tate action. I know you're super excited to talk about the more Giants receivers, and you really highlighted and spent a lot of time on them last week. He's mm-hmm. coming off a suspension. Yeah. Daniel Jones looking okay, at least more confident than Eli Manning, but that's not saying much. Yeah, I mean he's forty nine percent, so I still get an excuse to mention him. I, we I don't need to I don't need to go into detail on what he has to offer. He's the number one wide receiver out there if he is available. Um, the only problem is you're going to actually have to pay a price for him this week, whereas in past weeks you might have been able to slip one by. Um, apparently, you know we do NFL rumors in its own section on the website right now, and uh, one thing that came up in that feed that he's apparently just on a mission. Um, has oh, been training cool. real hard. Uh, you know, uh, I think the uh, the Giants could use an, a, a solid slot option that would help Daniel Jones. I think, uh, you know, again, this isn't Golden Tate getting traded to a different team midseason. This is Golden Tate going somewhere where, although suspended, he's gotten the reps here. So I think uh, he, I mean, there's a point when he's a third, fourth round fantasy receiver, and it's not like he's completely over the hill yet, especially in your PPR leagues. He's the number one guy this week. 
Geronimo Allison, I think, is probably more available for a lot of people. Probably shouldn't be, frankly, given how the Packers' passing attack has been mm-hmm. reliant on at least one player, whether it be Marquez Valdez Scantling or Devontae Adams. Adams suffering the turf toe. Uh, it sounds like it's possible he could still play. I, at least as a Packers fan, hope that he doesn't because I don't think this is a winnable matchup for the Packers anyhow. So let's rest our star receiver. Do you feel comfortable using Adronimo Allison if you have to, if you are a Devontae Adams owner like you are? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into that. Adronimo Allison, a wide receiver three this week. I can live with it. Um, this this Cowboys team, uh, you know, obviously the offense, their offense didn't show up much against the Saints on Sunday night this past week, but I can see this being a game where both teams are going to have to score at least four or five times to keep up and stay in the game, even with the defenses being much improved on both sides that Cowboys linebacking core is terrifying but uh I think Allison absolutely gets uh gets going this week and becomes a startable option for as long as Adams is out uh and even if he's not out I mean we saw he suffered the injury in the game Adams couldn't come back in the game you know even if he tries to give it a go what if he's limited what if he's a decoy uh even with Adams on the field that doesn't necessarily drain the value from Allison and Allison and Velda Scantling are so far ahead of the next group of receivers seemingly on that depth chart that uh I feel confident letting Geronimo Allison loose and uh, he'd be my number two behind Tate because Tate just fits in that threshold, but he's going to be the number one wide receiver ad in a lot of leagues this year. I think you predict game script, and of course everyone saw how the Eagles eviscerated the Packers' rushing attack or the rushing defense Mm -hmm. and think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be easily the number one fantasy player, and I think he probably gets over 100 rushing yards, but Tyron Smith's multi-week absence, he also has a high ankle sprain, uh, and he Mm -hmm. had that suffered during the Sunday night loss to the Saints. That's right. They took him out of the game there. I remember watching that. That might be a bit more interesting. And again, Mm -hmm. I I still think Zeke rushes for over 100 yards. He probably scores twice because they'll still be able to move the ball. But this isn't going to be the Cowboys getting seven yards per carry like we saw with the Eagles on Thursday night. I think Mm -hmm. the Packers defense very, very clearly knows what their weakness is. And while they can't shore it up entirely, and I don't even know how they would, I just don't see a situation where they're going to be completely running wild on this. And mm-hmm. you're right. There's going to probably be available passing options. Byron Jones is a lockdown cornerback. And whether he's on a Marquez Vela-Scantling or he's going to be on Jerome Allison, I think that makes a difference. So if it's going to be Jones on Allison, yeah, that's not good. I'm not looking forward to that. But I could see him being on MVS. And if that's the case, somebody's going to have to be catching passes. It's not Jimmy Graham with that Cowboys linebacking core. I think it probably ends up being Allison. So I would imagine mm-hmm. you can get by with him as a wide receiver three this week. Yep, I'm with you. A couple honorable mention guys to throw out there this week. Uh, I, I wanted to write down A.J. Brown just because he had an excellent game for the Titans. He seems to have fully surpassed Corey Davis here on the depth chart. And um, and he's only owned a 10% of Yahoo League, so make a bid on him if you at least back up your Allison bid with an A.J. Brown bid. And I know uh, I think GameScript helped Cole Beasley this week, but he's another name I thought was worth mentioning. He had 13 targets last week against the Patriots, 10 the week before. We know what Cole Beasley is, a plug-and-play PPR option yep, when you exactly. get really desperate, but that hasn't changed given the the team change. So uh, go for it if you have to. I do love Dontrell Inman, and this is entirely dependent on if Mike Williams is healthy. Uh, he missed he missed the week four win over the Dolphins with a back injury. Of course, he had a back injury in college, and that's why he basically had to punt his rookie season. The second receiver against the Broncos secondary has been a lucrative proposition. That was the one game that MVS went off as well. Mm-hmm. Inman is a pretty darn good receiver, and he had some back shoulder throw connections with Phillip Rivers. That was yep. good. Like I, I think he's. I at- picked him up in my 16 team yeah. where, where my wide receivers are just an absolute mess because I drafted Antonio Brown. It no. was on my last draft of the year, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll roll the dice. I don't really have much at stake here. Uh, and I picked him up and I flexed him in that league, and he got okay half point PPR days. So I'm not going to drop him, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and Travis Benjamin was also out for that game. I imagine Mike Williams ends up being healthy, so he's the guy I would target over that. But just in case you need to, um, I know Corey Davis went off for five catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. 
I'm still to the point where I'm just about ready to drop in singles for Randall Cobb, who after the week one performance, you're like, all right, great. Cowboys have a slot receiver now, and their offense mm-hmm. is going to be fantastic. These very clearly— You're not buying the revenge game narrative on Randall well, Cobb. Well, actually, no, that, that, that's true. <laughs> DFS-wise, I could entirely see it, but I think season-long, I'm not <laughs> no, going I'm that not, direction. I'm not touching that. I don't think he's high enough on their pecking order. We talked about multiple tight ends already. Uh, Tyler Eifert, again, with the, the draw against the Cardinals secondary that's been— just dreadful against the tight ends. 15% owned. I, I feel like we've covered that enough. Jimmy Graham, he did get the touchdown again um, this past Could have had Thursday. two touchdowns. He had the targets. Yes. The one thing about Jimmy Graham, he's 36% owned in Yahoo leagues. He's getting the red zone targets, and those red zone targets are going to stay consistent if Devontae Adams is not playing. Sure. He's going to absolutely – Rodgers will look his way. Um, he They have those plays where they throw it up and have him do the rebound. He might be their best fade guy if Adams isn't on the field. It's That's why it's matchup. intriguing. It's, it's a, a bad matchup. matchup. With, yeah. uh, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and then, of course, Jalen Smith, two of the fastest, most explosive linebackers yeah, in the NFL. It's it's going to be tough. Ricky Seal-Jones, you put it in our, our rundown, and I totally agree with you. He has a huge week about every time this year, and then you never hear from him again. I, I feel like that's mm-hmm. the same way. But that is David Njoku that is out for an extended time for the Browns tight end. So maybe, maybe you can rely on him. 1% owned. I can tell you I'm not going to be boosting that average up in Yahoo. I, I think yep, it's going to be no. more of a flash in the pan. Yeah, no, I'm going to be going after Eifert at 15% owned. I think that uh, the fact that he didn't score and they had a pretty – the Bengals' offense look horrific on Monday night, that'll be able to lessen his price a little bit in both – lessen his ownership in DFS and lessen the price you have to pay on the waiver wire. Traditionally, the Broncos – have been fantastic against the tight ends. Virgil Green, though, was out this past week against the Dolphins. Sean Culkin tore his ACL right before scoring a touchdown. Tough time for him. And Hunter Henry's also out uh, for an extended period of time. All this to say, the Chargers could use a tight end. Lance Kendricks is not a blocking option. They're not going to be using him in that capacity. I could see him maybe getting two or three catches for 40 yards. That's seven points in the PPR form. And again, if you don't have those top nine tight ends, you're rolling the dice on anybody. I think Keenan Allen's going to have a tougher time. Mike Williams might do well, but maybe Lance Kendricks end up getting the score for mm-hmm. them. And I, I don't mind that as a guy that's also guaranteed 100%, yeah. 1%. Former Wisconsin Badger, great. You know, you did your research here, Joe. Yeah, you, po- you went deep on this po- one. Possibly the be- best pickup, though, is the defense that you highlighted. And I, you talked about the new the research. The Titans actually make a lot of sense if, regardless of Josh Allen ends up starting or Matt mm-hmm. Barkley, they have 13 sacks in three games. They didn't even get any against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like that defense mm-hmm. a lot as maybe one of the top streaming options this week. Yeah, I mean, we talked at the beginning of the show what factors do you consider when when you have a defense. Home team, okay, check. Low over-under. The over-under on this game is 38 and a half, and this is Lower 2019. Than the Bears- Raiders uh, London this game. is 2019 in the NFL and we have an over <laughs> under of 38 and a half okay um, now again that's probably if Josh Allen plays they score more points but he also has more turnovers yes. which is good for the team defense if Matt yep. Barkley plays maybe he takes care of the football a little bit better but could still throw some picks definitely going to get sacked more often than John mm-hmm. Josh Allen because he's less evasive I think the Titans are the key this week and I'd go as far to say put a one dollar bid on them to make sure you get them <laughs> I was going to say they're one of my top three pickups this week over mm-hmm. over at, well, Ronald Jones, probably number one. And then you could make a case for any one of those pass catchers you talked about or Tyler Eifert is two. Yeah. Titans defense, though, is that high on the list for me. Yeah, the other I, I side mean, the Bills I'm still too. Golden Tate, Ronald Jones, Geronimo Tate's not Allison. available in any league where forty nine percent, forty nine percent. Okay, those fine. are the eight team leagues that, that are just all checked out after that point. But you're right, I I do think that the Titans defense is not bad. I wouldn't necessarily rule out the Eagles defense either of course they got eviscerated by Aaron Rodgers in the passing game they did get that game-winning interception they had the fumble recovery mm. however they're possibly going against the Jets team that's still moving without Sam Darnold I think the last update says he's not going to be out there for this week it's the next week that he will be 
if I if it's Luke Falk, yes, give me all the Eagles defense. I know how they've been disappointing passing wise. It's not like it's really going to be more than Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I, I throw the, <laughs> You're the very mild. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 For I mean, for me, it's just uh, I'm going to put a dollar on the Titans and and drop the Colts, who did dreadful as a streamer right. last week. Last week was a dud, but this week we're a lot more confident. Yeah. Other than the Patriots, uh, it was it was a bit difficult week for targeting defense as well. That does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the Roto-Wire NFL Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Best of luck, in your lineups.